1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and On Demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com.
2: So I'm pleased to say joining us this morning is the City UK CEO, miles Selick, who joins us now. Miles, great to have you on. What are the City morning. UK then, good morning, calling on uh, for the city from the new Prime Minister and Chancellor?
1: Uh, So from our perspective and from the perspective of the companies we represent and reflecting the conversations that we've had with international counterparts and other uh, potential investors in the UK, what people are looking for is stability. They're looking for predictability. Uh, I think the UK has been seen from a political perspective as just a little bit too exciting, certainly since 2016 uh, and the Brexit vote uh, and the sort of consequences that flowed from that and arguably from 2014 2014 and the Scottish independence referendum. So I think there would be, there will be a, a strong sense of welcome for uh, being able to know the direction of travel on regulation, uh, what that looks like now that the UK is out of the European Union, what's the vision uh, for financial and related professional services, something Rishi Sunak set out quite compellingly in his Mansion House speech last year. How will that be built on? And what are we going to see uh, as we move forward uh, also in terms of uh, potential new deals with other markets? Uh, uh, Obviously, there's been talk of FTAs with India, with the US. We've got CPTPP. What does all that mean for financial and professional services? And how do regulation, tax, you know, the broader picture all fit together? Are they listening, Mars? Is Rishi Sunak as his team actually listening? Are they actually going to implement some of the demands, some of the suggestions that you and the team have been putting forward for months, for years? So what I'd say is that one of the things that I think gives us cause for optimism is that Rishi Sunak and his team have been listening for some time, uh, certainly when they were in Treasury. Uh, And Rishi and John Glenn, who did a terrific job when he was city minister and has now obviously been promoted uh, to chief secretary, uh, spent about two years in a really solid, uh, comprehensive exercise of consulting with industry. Uh, And that sort of led to things such as the Hill review on listings, uh, the Khalifa review on fintech, uh, the financial regulatory framework. And that's now going to be delivered uh, in large part through the financial services and markets bill that's making its way through Parliament at the moment. And if we had one sort of major issue, one major priority that we would point to uh, uh, in terms of what government can deliver that I think would make a big uh, uh, step forward, uh, it would be the delivery of the financial services and markets bill. There's a huge amount of change in there. It's going to be a lot to digest for regulators. It's going to be a lot to digest for companies. Uh, But it's something that has been consulted on for some time. And we'll see what happens as we move forward in Mm. terms of the UK remaining a competitive and attractive place to do business.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the issue, though, of course, is that government policy, government itself, is basically stalled for months. I mean, that you mentioned Jean Glenn. Chief secretary to the Treasury, who then left in July and then now is back as a minister. I mean, uh, there was quite a bit of turmoil in the intervening weeks. But anyway, that aside... During the Liz Truss era, business leaders started to voice um, basically what for them seems to be an uncomfortable truth, which is that Brexit has harmed business. Even The Telegraph put out an editorial talking about how Project Fear was true, was a reality. Six years on from Brexit, what does the financial sector in London have to show for leaving the EU?
1: So I think a couple, couple of things there. So uh, one, absolutely agree, there's been a lot of policy turmoil. Uh, equally, as I would say, the financial services, it, what's been reassuring from the point of view of financial services, the financial services and markets bill appears to be making its way uh, forward without any major changes. Uh, and as I say, that's something that we in industry would like to see continued. From the point of view of um, the financial and professional services ecosystem here in the UK, um, and I can't speak on behalf of other parts of the economy where clearly there is and has been uh, an ongoing Brexit uh, impact. Um, We worked extremely closely with regulators in the UK uh, and in the EU pretty early on uh, to make sure that the uh, impact of Brexit was uh, as limited as possible and there was a minimum amount of disruption. Uh, The EY Brexit tracker, probably the best um, uh, analysis of the shifting jobs, shows that uh, although there were real concerns early on that there were going to be a a fast shift of jobs, uh, that hasn't been the case okay, so about seven and a half thousand somewhere between seven and a half thousand and eight thousand jobs uh, in the in financial services in the uk have left uh, as a result of brexit from what we can tell that's out of a total of 1.1 million and uh, in terms of the shift that we're seeing from exports and obviously Uh, The UK is one of the world's two leading international financial centres. The uh, US has now become our largest single market uh, for financial services exports. It's overhauled the EU. I think that's not a surprise. But also, if you look at the most recent trade stats, and these come from Suffolk University's trade Observatory, uh, observatory and are based on ONS stats, There's been a surge in exports to uh, markets outside the EU, so an increase of more than 20%, an overall increase of more than 11%, uh, and the US, Switzerland, Hong Kong are are the biggest Mm -hmm. beneficiaries of that. You know, and those are more than 20% for the US, more than 60% for Hong Kong. Right. I mean, most of what you just explained and outlined for us very comprehensively and very clearly is mitigation effects of the worst damaging effects of Brexit. And apparently there's been a pretty good job in mitigating some of those worst effects. Trade, we know, overall, is still significantly down if you add in our lost trade to Europe. So it seems uh, that there are, just to be clear, no clear uh, Brexit benefits, just to be clear. I
2: think what will happen...
1: So the first thing I'd say is that the and this is why we've always been slightly suspicious of this sort of demand to tear up European uh, regulation that occasionally comes up from time to time in certain quarters. What that ignores is that the rules that we inherited from the EU are very largely British rules. The UK industry, UK regulators, UK government did extremely well at designing uh, and building the architecture of European regulation. Uh, And, you know, that was in the nature of the way that the EU operates. Typically, large member states uh, with a particular interest or expertise in a part of the economy tend to take the informal lead on that. So Mm -hmm. on agriculture, on advanced manufacturing tends to be the Germans. On financial services, it was the UK. So with very few exceptions, the rules that we've onboarded are very much made in Britain. Uh, Now, the challenge will be how we move forward. So the divergence won't particularly be on the back book of EU regulation. The divergence will be uh, in in terms of how we move forward on things such as fintech or green and sustainable finance or other areas that are going to be the way in which financial services as an ecosystem develops in the years ahead. And that's going to be ultimately that is going to be something of a balancing act between maintaining the best possible access for the uk to the eu and vice versa we shouldn't forget that but also being able to gain the benefits of the the big growth markets in asia and the continued enormous uh, mm. financial services operations in the I us mean,
2: look that does sound like basically a plea um against what the government has repeatedly said which is a kind of a bonfire of eu regulation if you know again that word has been used in just the last few weeks but look Away from that, then, in, in your view, what does move the dial and something that actually a lot of people do seem to, gr- to agree on is the need for economic growth in the UK. How can that be driven out, out of the city of London?
1: Yeah, and I, I would just say, um, just on your point about a bonfire regulation, that's not something the mainstream of the industry has ever supported. You know, ultimately, good, high-quality no, but, standards. But,
2: but, that the is what, the, but that is the direction of travel, it would seem, from, from government.
1: So, I, I mean, I'm not sure I'd agree with that. I think that mm. what we're looking at now seems to be much more a sort of steady-as-she-goes approach, but we will see, uh, you know, what unfolds over the over the weeks uh, ahead. Uh, mm. And the government, certainly in the conversations we've had, has absolutely recognised the importance of high standards in regulation as a competitive advantage. What we need to avoid, however... Uh, is the kind of classic approach that's been taken too often in the past of gold plating or a lack of efficiency in execution uh, of those rules. Uh, And that's something that the uh, FCA and the PRA are very aware of our views on. It's something in fairness that I think culturally will require a shift and that's something that I think many of the people in those institutions recognise. In terms of your question Mm -hmm. uh, regarding what we can do, I mean, if you look at the big growth opportunities for any major developed economy, around technology, around green and sustainable uh, 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 technology and industries, uh, around the need to level up uh, 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 and build uh, economic activity uh, outside capitals or major, uh, major cities, that's something this industry does extremely well. And one of the things we want to see more of uh, in regulation and supervision is a recognition of the economic benefits and the social benefits that can come from investment uh, and the sort of mm-hmm. investment that exists in our industry. I mean, the real sort of interesting thing here about what Liz Trust sought to do was the diagnosis wasn't wrong. There's absolutely a need for for, for more growth. And you would see that I would argue reflected in the conversations that people have with Labour and with uh, this administration, uh, this conservative administration that succeeded it. The yeah. question is how you move forward on that, and we have a positive role to play. In it. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe weekday mornings at 6 a.m. on London DAB digital radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg Radio.com.